Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And it's a beautiful Saturday in Pittsburgh. Welcome inside Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Bob Pompiani here. And it's Matt Harkins back in the studio. Hello, Matt. You can say hello to Matt personally. If you call him at 412-928-9370, he'll hook you up with me, and we'll chat. And there's a lot to chat about uh, today. Also, follow us on Twitter. I want to remind you of that. 93.7 The Fan is driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. And you can text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line, which is 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. And once again, a big thank you to our show sponsors, beginning with PNC Bank. Make today the day. Check out their virtual wallet. It makes your life easier and better. Also, Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. Number one, Cochrane. Go one better. Number one, Cochrane. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, you know they got your back, not your wallet. Well, we're here, and uh, day two of the NFL draft is in the books. We have a lot to discuss, and I know opinions are everywhere, and people range from hating what the Steelers have done to loving what the Steelers have done. I've always remained one of these guys who I look at needs, and I say they're going to attack certain leads. I really thought they'd go offensive line heavy in the first three picks. Two of the three I thought would be offensive line. But they have decided to go weapons first, protection later. Uh, which could be fine, which may not be fine. And I don't think anyone really knows. There are a lot of people out there who think reaching, and I use the word reaching, even though it's not my word, reaching for a running back in the first round. Hey, listen, three running backs went, they went early, and everyone knew their names. Uh, you know, when Najee Harris, you saw him, what he did in Alabama, was pretty spectacular stuff. Uh, so that guy was available. They made no bones about it. They wanted him. He is a premium running back. And I believe he could be very successful here. And he certainly gives them something that they need, not just next year, coming up here, but the following year. They need a run game. They need to be more proactive in terms of putting forth a run game. And I think with the addition of Kendrick Green out of Illinois, you see what kind of run game they may be looking at with Matt Canada in charge. And that would be more of a zone-blocking uh, theme. And I think a guy like Najee Harris can be very good by that. He can, he can do a lot of different things. He's also very active coming out of the backfield. The Steelers certainly will have weapons. 
As I said many, many uh, weeks ago, this team, the one thing, you, you may not like this, you may like this. I like the fact that they're competitive every year. Their goal is to win a division, be in the hunt every single year, and they've done that every single year under Mike Tomlin. Have they performed well in the postseason? Absolutely not. But you got to get there first. They got to get there more, they, and they have to take advantage of things like home field, which they've not done. That's clear. But for them to be better, not just this year coming up, but also in future years, they have to have a run game that can be established to the point where it keeps defenses honest more than anything else. You don't have to lead the league in rushing. What you have to do is show people that we can do it when we want to. And you better load up the box because if you don't, we'll jam it down your throats. But if you you know, want to lax off of that, now you're going to make them pay with guys down the field. They have a lot of weapons on offense. There's no question. So I said it's weapons first. It seems like protection will come later. But uh, when you add a Pat Fryermuth, who I really like, I mean, I think a lot of tight ends are getting more active in the past game. He is certainly one of them. He can still block. He's more of an old-school kind of guy. He's been compared to Gronk. Listen, if he can have that kind of impact, and I'm not saying you will ever duplicate those numbers that Gronkowski has put up, but you know, the bottom line is he can certainly play a big role in this offense. And you combine him with Eric Ebron, all of a sudden you got two weapons there. You have a Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. That's a weapon, either running or as a pass receiver. And you have still a very capable receiving core. Now the question is, you know, will the production be good enough for that to happen? Will their offensive line surge be enough to get a run game going? I think they're doing the right things it always comes down to the quarterback, and I think Ben Roethlisberger, as stated before, will be the key, regardless of what they do. He has to have a good year. When you look at last year, people you know, make it sound like he just totally fell apart, which his decision-making certainly could have been much better. But 33 touchdowns, 10 picks is not a bad season. And the bottom line is they should be able to do even more with this offense. And I'm bullish on it. And if it helps the defense, which still needs help, I think, you know, I think you're underestimating the losses of Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson. Those are two guys that they may have a hard time trying to replace, especially now in day three of the NFL draft. So, you know, the bottom line here is they need to do much better on offense to take a little pressure off the defense. And if they do that, they can be a competitive team. I still look at them as the third best team in the AFC North, however. That's a realistic view. I think Cleveland helped itself. They got a wonderful inside linebacker, more of a 3-4 guy to help them. Uh, become even more legit on defense. And with an offense that's capable, it's going to be fascinating. This division could be very difficult, one, two, three, and the Bengals, you know, bringing in uh, more weapons and more protection for Joe Burrow. Uh, that can be very interesting, too. This might be one of the better divisions that you're going to see in the NFL, top to bottom I'm talking about. So there you go. Those are the first three picks. How do you think they did so far? Um, I like Najee Harris. I wouldn't have gone with him. I said that at the beginning. I would have done uh, an offensive center or tackle. And, you know, if you look at yesterday, day two, ten offensive linemen went in that second round. Ten of them. Uh, that's a pretty amazing number. Uh, and the Steelers didn't get one of them. If I had told you before <laughs> the draft that there would be ten offensive linemen taken in the second round and the Steelers wouldn't be one of them, well, you, you would have been shocked, as I was shocked. They eventually got one in the third round. All right, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, there were a lot of people who thought the Steelers should have maybe been in a position to do what Chicago did, make trades, move up, and get a guy. I wasn't one of them because I'm not convinced that Justin Fields is going to be uh, as good as what Chicago thinks he's going to be. I, I like his talent. He may be. 
Quarterbacks are the hard thing right now to try to figure out. You knew that Trevor Lawrence would go first. He did. You knew that Zach Wilson would go second to the Jets. He did. I think a lot of people thought Mac Jones would go to San Francisco. He did not. It was Trey Lance, and San Francisco kept that tight to the vest. But they really like what he can do. We'll find out what that means for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the fourth quarterback taken with Justin Fields. He goes to the Bears as they make a move to get him. Mac Jones to New England. If he wasn't taken in the first three picks, that seemed to be the logical destination for him. 15th overall, he did. And then Tampa did something interesting, is they took in the second round Kyle Trask, a quarterback that many people thought would be headed to Pittsburgh as a future QB. But I think the Steelers have made it at least a little clearer that Mason Rudolph, after they gave him an extension, is going to be the guy next up in line. I'm still interested to see what happens with Dwayne Haskins. They brought him here for a reason. He's got an immense amount of talent. Can he mold it and be successful? We'll see. Minnesota went with Kellen Mond and then Davis Mills Houston. Those are the quarterbacks that have been picked so far. So, you know, the bottom line is uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all those guys do early on. And they're going to be judged as if all of them are going to be franchise quarterbacks. And history tells us that just does not work. Most of them are going to have a hard time. We'll see how it works out. As far as you wonder why Alabama always wins, you know, Najee Harris, of course, we talked about him here, but all these guys, Mac Jones is a first-round pick. Devonta Smith, the wide receiver to the Eagles, is a first-round pick. Patrick Sertain is a first-round pick. Jalen Waddle's a first-round All these first-round picks, Landon Dickerson went to the second round. I, was, I really was hopeful the Steelers would come up with Landon Dickerson. That was my thought. He is a baller. Uh, he's more physical. The, the one thing he cannot do, as well as Kendrick Green, is he cannot, uh, you know, move around as quick as a pulling center, pulling guard, whatever. He can't do that as well as Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green is is one of those guys who reminds me a lot of Kevin Dotson. And, and I've, other than the video, I've never seen him play, like most of us, I think. But Dotson is a physical run blocker. Kendrick Green is certainly the same mold. I mean, he's a guy who can push ahead. Now, he may have problems in pass protection, but if they want to get back to a physical run game, he fits right in for that. So I like what they did so far, and, and I think it's hard to – any draft, before you come up with a, a conclusion, you know, you still have to look at it from top to bottom and understand that most of the guys picked today are not going to have a major role. You may come up with a diamond in the rough somewhere – but largely, it's the higher-end picks who are going to make an immediate impact. Plug-and-play, I think certainly Fryermuth will plug-and-play. You know Najee Harris will. And you also know that Kendrick Green will have a chance to add to an offensive line that right now still needs work. They have Finney at center. They have Hassenauer at center. But I also think Green eventually will be at center just because, uh, even though he's limited there, he had 33 starts, I think it was, in Illinois, 29 at guard, only four at center. He has the versatility to do that. That's If there's one word you can say about this offensive line as it is right now, it's versatile. You have guys who can play all over the place, which they may need as injuries start to pile up. But Chukso four at one tackle, Zach Banner at the second, and then you have uh, Dotson, DeCastro, and in the middle, it's anyone's guess at this point. So bottom line is they still need more help there, and I'm sure they'll get it as they move on into this date number two. 412-928-9370 is the number if you'd like to uh, you know, weigh in and, and give us your take. Chris Isaacs on 
Twitter hits me up, and that's another available tool for you if you'd like. It's at KD Pomp. He says, uh, any name or two you want to see the Steelers take today? Well, I mean, Chris, there are a lot of names. I would look at position now. I think defense has to be something that makes a difference. They have to come up and figure out ways, you know, because they're kind of thin. There's no question about that. Do they need an edge rusher? Yes, they do for depth. Do they need a corner? Yes, they do for depth. You may like Cam Sutton. You may like Joe Hayden, but Hayden's getting up there. What if he's injured? Now what? You know, there's no Mike Hilton. There's no Steven Nelson at this point. They're going to need guys who can move in and, and make something happen on that side of the ball. And today I would expect that. So I can give you 12 names, but it doesn't matter what I give you. It's what they do. But I think definitely you need to, um, you know, look at defense today. Uh, of the five picks, I would think three would be on defense, two more on offense. And I think offense should look at um Offensive line still, even though they have a tendency to keep drafting wide receivers when you think they don't need any more. We'll find out. 412-928-9370. Don and Bethel Park joins us right now. Hey, Don, how are you? Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm good. What's going on? Hey, not too much. Uh, I just wanted to make a few quick points, and then I'll, I'll hang up uh, about the draft. The, the one is that uh, with Tomlin, Coach Tomlin being extended three years uh, and Ben – being, I mean, I, I would, I don't think Ben's going to play three more years, maybe one or two. What, what do you think the the chances are that that Tomlin starts to re redesign the offense? I thought it was interesting that Cam Hayward tweeted out, uh, you know, a good offense starts with a great uh, run game, which I thought was a bit tongue in cheek. Uh, I don't know that it was a shot at Ben, but. You know, it seems like that was an interesting thing to tweet out there. But then, do you think that Tomlin looks to get Ben under center more, or you know, and or with Pouncey gone, do we try to draft a center that can, you know, that can snap the ball, uh, you know, and go from a play action? Do you, do you see that happening? Uh, well, I think you're not going to see Ben under center. I don't. I think they still can operate the way they want to operate with a zone run game with him not in the center. I think, you know, he's he's. Long enough in this league now where it's going to be hard to change those habits. I think moving forward, though, you can still, Don, it comes down to this. They want to try to be competitive this year in a very competitive division, okay? And they're doing things to help them now but also help them down the road. All these picks that we've seen so far are to help down the road as well as now. The now begins with Roethlisberger and not making mistakes to me. If he gets the time to do what he can do, he's going to have a variety of offensive weapons to deal with here. I think it'll be tough on a defense, especially if they do, you know, feature Harris and he is what you think he can be. It's going to be a tough offense. You can argue now if he's capable of living up to his expectations, he, he'll, he's going to be up there with Chubb in this, uh, and Mixon and all these guys. He's going to be a guy you want to have as a big part of your offense. So. You know, as far as redesigning what they do, I, I think football is still do well in the trenches, move people, be physical, and from that you can do a lot of different things. They did not show a physicality at all last year, and even at the end of the previous year. You know, they fell apart in both years. They weren't. They were passive. They invited defenses to dig in, and I think they have to. They have to definitely go away from that tendency. It's been a terrible thing, and it's it, more than anything to me. It made it easier on defenses to understand what was coming vis-a-vis interceptions for Roethlisberger. So, you know, we'll see. I, I, don't, I, know, zone, I know this has a lot of Matt Canada looks like on it. Do you think that, Don? Because he loves these kind of guys who can move 
and, you know, misdirection kind of plays. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, do, do you think why, – why do you think Ben doesn't, doesn't go from under center? I mean, Tom, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, and he, he goes from under the center all the time. I, what, what is it about Ben that, that he has to throw – you know, drop back and, you know, throw the I ball? I just think it's comfort not. for him getting the ball yeah. quicker, going through his progressions earlier, you know, to each his own. Uh, largely, he's been very good at it in his career, and I think – if you look at the first part of last year, he's really good at it, too, when they were doing that. But eventually, because they didn't change and they didn't offer up anything in terms of, um, you know, a, a complement to that pass game, everyone knew it was coming. So it makes it much more difficult to execute it. But uh, I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be fascinating. And I, I always want a team that's going to be competitive. That, that, to me, is the number one. If you're a fan, you should want that, too. Should you be upset that they haven't won more in the postseason? Yeah, absolutely, because that's where your bread is buttered. But I think to get there is where it starts, and I think in this division, they're going to be competitive. We'll see what it takes them. It's 17 games. I still think Baltimore and Cleveland are still better at this point. But we'll, we'll find out in time. Thanks, Don. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Greg in Youngstown. Joins us right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey, Greg. Hey, Bob. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Hey, good. You know what? You know, I disagree with Papiani and Mueller on your channel. Your first-round draft pick has to be an impact player. You have to get an all-pro on your – when you get a first-round pick, he has to be an all-pro. You don't, you don't draft for need. You draft for, the, for somebody that's an impact. So I, these guys in the media just rip on the picks. I mean, they needed an impact player in offense. And their other picks, I like the tight end. I like the offensive lineman. I mean, as you're saying Cleveland and Baltimore are better, I mean, look at all the all-pros in our team. Watt. You have Hayward, you have Bush, you have Hayden, you have Fitzpatrick. Well, what makes Cleveland better than Pittsburgh? I just want to know. Because I think their defense has more impactful players right now as it stands. I think their offense, because the run game has been established, I think it's just to me on paper, uh, Greg, this is what I'm looking at. I, but I agree that I think Harris, you know, they needed a running back who could be a good one. My, my, my plan was go with two offensive linemen and Trey Sermon if you could because I still think he's a, a very talented guy. Harris was looked at as the best of the running back crop. They need that to be competitive. But, again, they still have an offensive line that, to me, not as good as what I see in Cleveland right now, but it can be. It's going to take time to develop, but hopefully sooner than later. But that's just my sense for right now. But I do think they'll be competitive. No, I think the only weakness the Steelers have over the Browns is offensive line. I actually think our defense is better. I, I, I think Clowney's overrated. Yeah, but overrated. don't underestimate, though, Greg. I told you, Hilton and Nelson, who's, who replaces them? What happens if there's an injury to Hayden? I mean, do you think Nelson was that great last year? Yes. I mean, really, I don't think he was. I, I, I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say great, but what I would say is that he was very good. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of free agents out there. Teams are going to be able to pick up another player or two on your team. I you know, Baltimore and the Browns. I, I just don't buy it. I really don't right now. I just well, don't. I'm sorry. I, again, it's, it's early in the proceedings. We'll find out in time. But uh, to me, the key for the Steelers is Roethlisberger having a really good bounce-back season. As I've said, I'm bullish on the fact that his arm will be better than it was after coming off surgery last year. I think that bodes very well for him. I believe he still has a few deep throws in him. And if they have guys who are capable of making plays like they do with a physicality in the run game, they could be a better offense, which would help their defense. But I still, I have concerns about cornerback 
edge rusher in far, as far as depth is concerned. I think they do too. Again, your one injury room. What if Cam Sutton can't handle that position? What if Hayden gets injured? Who do you have? You know, there's not much back there that you have. Justin Lane is one of them. Uh, James Pierre is another one. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're capable of doing because I haven't seen much of it. Maybe it's developing. Maybe it's not. Anyway, we're due for a break. It's 412-928-9370. If you'd like to opine about this, we'll also get into the Penguins because once again, they are in the playoffs for the 15th straight year. They got a big one against the Capitals. A lot of people felt the Penguins are going to be on the outside looking in in this uh, shortened season, but they're going to be a team that can maybe win the division and who knows. But they're coming together nicely. We'll talk about that. It's 412-928-9370. This is the Bob Pompiani Show on a beautiful Saturday in Pittsburgh. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Welcome back. As we continue right here, Paul Alexander follows at 1-4. to four. Pirates after that with Craig Riley. We have a lot going on today. It's 412-928-9370. I want to remind you that Rivers Casino is your place to be for all your sportsbook action. Watch and wager right from your seat while cheering on your favorite team. Visit RiversCasino.com for more information. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Details at 937thefan.com. And listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Sharky's or Starkey's card of the week. He's a shark, that Stark. From Baseball, Card Castle, and Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at 12 p.m. at 937thefan.com contesting page. So we're talking a lot about the Steelers. I still want to get your input about what you think so far through three rounds. I'd give it overall a B, only because I thought I would have liked to see two offensive linemen. And keep in mind, after the Steelers chose uh, Fryermuth in the second round, Josh Myers, who's a really good center, he has been at Ohio State for a long time. He went to Green Bay, and then right after that, Creed Humphrey. Uh, and everyone was waiting for, with arms wide open to play, as Creed came to Pittsburgh. Well, that never happened. So he goes to Kansas City instead. Boy, Kansas City has made a whopping and the transformation of their offensive line. Uh, I think a lot of people were hoping the Steelers would get active in the trade routes. Listen, they, they have been more conservative that way. They don't necessarily do it. When they do, they make a big splash, but they don't do it regularly in terms of trading up. You know, Chicago did that. They wanted to get a quarterback. They needed that. Uh, and they, they moved up to Justin Fields. That could be something that works well, or it could be something that falls flat on their face. You know, they had Mitch Trubisky. They thought he was going to be their answer. That did not work well. So there are a lot of different ways to look at the draft, but right now I give it a B. I think the run game was going to be the emphasis. I thought they needed that, not just for this year, but also moving forward. And I think they certainly uh, have helped themselves in that situation. I want to talk, too, about the Penguins. They're in Washington tonight. Not many people thought they'd be a playoff team, or at least they'd be right at the edge. Here they are competing for the division. And there are a lot of reasons why, but mostly I think it's Crosby and Latang. If you're asking me, Crosby has played at a level uh, that you'd expect from him every year. Uh, and he has to continue that in the postseason. But 200-foot hockey, his line has been terrific. Gensel has been what you thought he could be with Crosby. Rust has developed into one of the best in the game on that top line. And then you have Latang, who a lot of people thought would be traded or should be. He's having one of his best seasons with 40 points in 50 games. And I think a guy like Dumoulin certainly gives him the opportunity to do what he does best. And he was missed when Dumoulin was out there. So uh, we'll talk Penguins as well. But if you have an NFL take, whatever, uh, I'd like to keep it open all the way to 1 o'clock. Let's go to Frank and Cranberry. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, Bob, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. 
So, you know, look, the thing I like, at least on paper, is that the first three picks are all about improving the run game. Um, again, you know, y- y- it is a crapshoot, but I think that Harris is going to be a solid player. The tight end looks good, and we'll see about this kid, you know, from uh, Illinois. But, you know, I, I really believe the Steelers have to get back to being able to control the clock a little bit in the third quarter with the lead. We've gotten away from that. I think mm-hmm. la- late in the year last year, we were so predictable in third and two. They knew we were going to try underneath passes and routes were getting jumped. And I just think they have to get back to a power run game in the third and fourth quarters. You remember the days when they used that formula to go deep in the playoffs where they could just grind the clock out um, up seven or up ten. So I, I'm optimistic. I think it was all about the running game, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I, I think that that was the way they had to go. That was their weakness by far. As you said, third and two predictability means, you know, there's man-to-man coverage all over the place, quick drops. You're going to throw it. You're going to have balls batted in the air, guys jumping routes. It was too predictable, and they're trying to change that. And, you know, they thought they had the answer with Connor and Snell. And this goes to show you, though, the people who believe, I think, Frank, that, well, you can pick up, Running backs anywhere. Yeah, there are good examples of that. There are guys who've been undrafted. There are guys who've been fourth-round picks to seventh-round picks who've had good careers. But if you have an elite guy, you should have a better chance of making that run game something special. If you don't, you know, again, the answers are right on the roster here. Benny Snell has not done what they wanted him to do, at least consistently. Has he been given enough chances? I think so. McFarlane, we don't know enough about. At this point, Jalen Samuels is just average. These are guys who were running backs taken later in the draft. Typically, you're, you want somebody who has the pedigree, and Najee Harris has the pedigree. But again, he comes to a team that doesn't have maybe as good offensive line as Alabama did when they were running through, Frank. You know what I mean? So as, as no, long I, as there's I, an opportunity to get better, uh, I, I think you're looking uh-huh. at uh, improvement there. I agree, but I think if you have a guy built like him, you know, obviously you think of Derrick Henry. I know that's a big stretch. But if you have a guy falling forward and running downhill for two or three yards, we just haven't had that in five or six years, it seems Mm -hmm. like. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Thanks for the call, Bob. All right. No, thank you. I appreciate it. You called, and I answered, and I always will. But thank you for the call, Frank. Yeah, that's it. You know, third and two, you got to be able to run it. And the defense has to know that they have to make sure to keep it honest. Uh, that you have to put people in the box, and that could open up things down the field as well. But I, I really like what they've done. You know, Again, it's a B for me just because I would have liked to fortify the offensive line even more, and they still might. Um, but the thing I like about <laughs> if you saw the video of uh, Kendrick Green out of Illinois when he was drafted and the call came, he immediately had sunglasses on. He threw them down, no doubt broke them. He'll he'll buy a new pair, and he paced around as if it were game day. I mean, he was looking to hit somebody, but all he had around him were family members, so he couldn't do that. But he was that jacked. Uh, so he looks a lot like Dotson, people movers. They need people movers, and they got two of them now on their offensive line who should be there for many, many years. 412-928-9370. So uh, day three of the NFL draft will begin here at high noon, and the Steelers will have five selections, as I said, unless they trade some of them, which I don't think they will do. And if they do, they may want to trade up in one round and give one of those five picks away. That's something that has been in their playbook as well. We'll see what they do. Uh, but as far as the Penguins, just to get back to them, I want to hear from you about your take on this team. Uh, they're going to get Malkin back. And for whatever reason, a lot of people always come to the conclusion that, oh, no, Malkin's going to mess things up. He comes back to a team that's playing so well. 
to Mike Sullivan's credit, when Malkin and Crosby are out, that team plays extremely well. That's a strength of theirs. They, they play a system, and I think this is as good a system he's played with the star talent there uh, since they won a cup the last time. So Malkin will come in, and, and he should buy into it. You're never going to convince me they're better off without him than with him. <laughs> Evgeny Malkin is a Hall of Fame player. Why would you not? He and Kapanen together, I think, can really have a chemistry. They have a lot of people depth-wise to step in if injury occurs in the postseason. And more than that, they have depth at defense. I think Jim Rutherford still has his fingerprints all over this team. You know, Kappen was a big pick. They got Kappen, and he made a deal there. He got him. But under the radar, you know, the Hornquist for Matheson trade, Mike Matheson has been good in an area they needed somebody to be good. Cody Cece was someone most people thought, well, he'd be a healthy scratch a lot. Well, he's not. He's, he has formed a pretty good pairing with Mike Matheson. Like all teams in the National Hockey League, your future in the postseason comes down to goaltending. It always will. You have to be able to get and ride goaltending. And in this division right now, with Jari doing what he's doing, DeSmith capably behind him, they have an advantage over Washington. I still believe that, and I'm not going to change my mind on that hint of the postseason. They do not have an advantage based on what I think Boston can throw at you with Tuka Rask uh, and Halak. But if they're playing well, uh, that's the goaltending tandem, and that's the goaltender in Rask who I think has the upper edge of this. If you look at the New York Islanders, they're very capable of well, but they play that system that can get you frustrated. And even though they frustrated the Penguins in each of the last uh, playoff pairings or meetings they've made, they also, for whatever reason, have lost to the Penguins a lot this year. The Penguins have played a system that frustrates them at times. So this is going to be a very interesting playoff after 56-game season, and I think the Penguins would like to erase what they've done in the past couple of postseasons, especially uh, with that Islander sweep a couple of years ago. You know, last year was who knows what last year was, just because – um, it was out of, you know, COVID situation. Nobody knew what really to expect. And they showed up as if they had no idea what they were doing, which was a shame because I think they had an opportunity. Let's go to Carl in New Kensington. Hey, Carl, how are you? Hey, Bob. Thanks. <laughs> hey, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, I guess for the Steeler draft, I kind of would give it a C. I okay. mean, I think Najee is definitely an A. Uh, I'm completely confused by the tight end pick in round two. And um, I think the center for Wisconsin was still available that they um, had rated higher than the uh, Illinois center. But, I mean, he still looks like a good player. But I guess the only question I had was going into the fourth round, there's like two guys I kind of like. I just wanted I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on, him, on them. Who do you like? Uh, I, I like uh, Deontay Brown from Alabama. Uh, he's a huge guard. I mean, I know DeCastro is still there, but I think DeCastro kind of underperforms. I mean, the guy's 364 pounds, and they say he's really good at run blocking. I'd, I'd like to see him. And uh, the cornerback from Ohio State, I think I believe that before the year, Sean Wade was, like, listed as a first-rounder. And he opted out at the beginning of the year for right. COVID, but then he opted back in late. And, uh, you know, he was, like, a five-star prospect coming into Ohio State. And they say he's really good at playing nickel back which I think the Steelers have a big need for since Mike Hilton left. And he's kind of a bigger guy, too. He's like 6'1". 
I just wondered what you got, what you thought about. Yeah, that I mean, guys. both would be good. I, I would tend to go with uh, Wade, the cornerback, only because I think, as I said at the beginning of the show, I, I think when you lose Hilton and Nelson, you're, you're, you got to replace them with somebody, and it cannot just be someone currently on the roster because I haven't seen a lot of things on that roster depth-wise that make me uh, feel good about that depth at that position. So I would think they would do it. I think again in this part of the draft, you're going to see defense become a prominent pick. You know, five picks, if they remain with all five, I think three will be on defense and two will be on offense, depending on what they think. You didn't like Friermuth, why? Just because you think it was too much of a reach in, in the second round or just his overall uh, ability? I would. Uh, I just think if you get a running back, you should follow that up with two linemen. And, I, I mean, I, I would have rather gone with, like, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, a lot of people would have. But, since they didn't you know, get Creed Humphrey there, that's why I think they definitely need to get another O-lineman today. Even though oh, I, I think they think will. The I don't think the tackles left are that great. That's why I was saying, like, maybe just, you know, get the Deontay Brown guy. I mean, if he's that big and can move the, you know, the line a little bit, especially if you put him right next to the guy from Illinois. I mean, both of those guys seem to be like maulers. And then with Dotson, I think you'd have, like, a really good, you know, up-the-middle uh, run game with uh, Najee. Yeah. I hear you, Carl. It's going to be interesting to see, but they, the needs are there. They can make them, and we'll see what they do with them. But thank you. Appreciate it. So he gave him a C. I gave him a B. What did you get for three rounds so far of the NFL draft? I want to hear from you. All right, welcome back. Big day, big weekend of Pittsburgh sports. Getting down the stretch for the NHL season. The Pirates, what's your take on the Pirates early on? 12 and 13 uh, as they head into May. Better than I think most people thought. But then again, this division is not exactly what I thought it would be. I thought this division would be much better, um, especially at the top, and it may be. Or else, if it's not, the Pirates have a chance to at least be competitive, which is not their goal, really. Their goal is to try to develop as many as they can. That's the way I always look at this season. Uh, and I thought Brubaker pitched pretty well last night, despite taking the loss. And, and he had a lot of swings and misses, which is something good to see. Control in the zone. He made a couple of bad pitches and, and paid the price for them. But overall... Um, you know, encouraged by him, not so much with Mitch Keller. Need Keller to be more consistent. Consistency is the key. They need to identify a core to move forward. That's going to be their, their theme. But they're 12 and 13 so far. Cardinals uh, on uh, behind Milwaukee in the division. But if you have thoughts about that, please let us know as well, as well as the Penguins, the Steelers, all three topics on the table as we go out to Carol in Clinton. Hey, Carol, how are you? Good. Hey, Bob. Um I, a lot of people have been worrying about Malkin coming back and messing up the chemistry, but, and, you know, taking McCann off the power play and everything. But I think the power play has been sputtering lately, and I think when he does come back, I think just put him on there and maybe he'll give them a spark. Well, the power play, I think, is 10th, Carol, in the NHL, and I think McCann has had a big role in that. I mean, his, his ability to shoot and not hesitate to shoot has made him better. Crosby has moved around. You know, I don't know what they do in that situation. I don't like to mess with success. You, you know, Malkin is is a tremendous talent, of course, but sometimes when those guys are on the ice at the same time, they get a little too encouraged to make that spectacular play when I think shooting is important in those situations. So we'll find out what he does when he comes back. I'm talking about Mike Sullivan, but... I mean, overall, this uh, Carol, what's your take? Did you have were you lukewarm about the Penguins coming into the season based on the last two postseasons, or were you thinking that they could compete? And you know what? Because of the way they um, you know changed the system this year, I didn't know what to expect. But and then the way they started, who knew that they were going to end up being you know 
competing for the to win the division. So I did not know what to expect, but I'm thrilled that they're back in it, and I hope they win tonight because I hate Washington and I hate Tom Wilson, and uh, I just am excited to see how far they can go. Yep, it's a different kind of season, uh, and we'll see what happens in this. But this playoff should be fascinating. You know, playing like playoff hockey a lot here with these division games, and that's all you've seen. A lot of people out there like it. I liked it for this season. I don't want to see it every year. I want to see other teams. I want to. I want to go west. I want to see other teams at the. You know, that I think you want to watch. You want to watch Vegas. You want to watch Connor McDavid. You want to watch uh, Colorado and McKin- McKinnon, who's such a good player and a good friend of Sidney Crosby's, and, and I want to see all this talent on display. But this season, I understand. I understood what they did, and I thought it was a good move. So it should be a rock'em sock'em kind of uh, postseason. Uh, and I believe home ice, even though it doesn't necessarily always, you know, work out this way, that uh, it, it's still an advantage. I, I would like to have it. I think the Penguins feel better playing at a PPG Paints Arena than they would at other places. That's not to say they can't win at other places, but it is something you work for. That's why I think winning the division would be interesting. And I'm not sure with the best matchup. I still think I would want to avoid Boston. I think Boston is a team that's that can manage well against the uh, Penguins. So. We'll see how that goes. Thanks, Carol. Appreciate the call at 412-928-9370. I want to remind you about our sponsors once again and thank the people at PNC Bank. Make today the day. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. They are the title sponsor of the nightly sports call here on every night, 1035 on Pittsburgh CW. And we're ridden in style by number one Cochran. Go one better at number one Cochran. Day two of the draft. Outside linebackers. How much of an emphasis do you put on them? Alex Highsmith took a nice step, I thought, as a first-year player, but with no Bud Dupree, how high do you draft an outside edge rusher to complement T.J. Watt? And I think Highsmith will be okay. I do, um, but I, but I go back to when I I see how you know how it went with uh, Bud Dupree, and he came in very highly regarded. Started slowly. The numbers weren't there. Many people called this show and other shows and said, "Do not give him the fifth-year option." He just got better as time went on, and I don't think there's any coincidence that he got better because of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt can help Highsmith. The question is, can Highsmith develop and help Watt? Because that's going to be the thing to look at. Uh, he was an under underrated pick last year. A lot of people didn't know much about him, but he stepped in and I think took a big step. Now he needs to take another step. You need to see guys in their second and third years really develop. And quite frankly, that's not been the case with a lot of the guys the Steelers have, uh, you know, taken over the last couple of years. I'm talking about guys beyond rounds two and three. Like last year was Claypool in the second round and Highsmith was the third round. Okay, those guys show you value. McFarland and Dotson were fourth rounders. McFarland, we're still waiting. It's too early to make a determination. But Dotson has shown that he can and will be a difference maker on that line. At least I think he will be. Antoine Brooks and Davis, I think, were the other guys they've drafted. And I'm not sure who was sixth and who was seventh. But, again, can they develop into something? Who knows? The year before that, you look at outside of Bush and Deontay Johnson. They went with Lane and Snell in the third and fourth rounds. Justin Lane still, you know, on special teams, that's about it. Hopefully gets his legal situation behind him and can be a contributor. Benny Snell, um you know, just average so far. Zach Gentry, you wonder why they got Pat Fryermuth. Well, I think there's no coincidence. We haven't seen much in terms of Gentry, but he was a fifth-round pick. 
You know, and again, these, these picks on the second and third day are tough to figure out. Uh, Sutton Smith was supposed to come in and play. He did not. He got cut. Brought back, cut again. Isaiah Bugs. we've heard his name. Ulysses Gilbert, we've heard their names. But what can they do? Can they develop? You know, and that's going to be what the Steelers will be looking for here as they move for uh, day three and the next five picks uh, coming at you. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. I want to hear from you on your tweets as well. Uh, Mark DeStefano on Twitter at KD Palm says, Friar Muth is definitely a red zone weapon. 6'5", 245. He can really move. Looking forward to catching up. That's a big weapon, not just in the red zone, but also, Mark, over the middle. Uh, they can do a lot of things that will make it, it should make it, much better for their wide receivers, you would think. Uh, and I think that's very important. Charles in Chicago joins us right now, as he does every week. Hey, Charles, how are you? What's the feeling of Justin Fields over there? I was a little surprised they made that move. I was just going to ask you, wouldn't it be a Saturday hopping on your show while some party shots in Chicago? You're back to your normal self, Bob. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, I think he's got a good chance to be a good quarterback, but the only problem is, like I told a couple of people, and I'm not trying to trash the pick at all, but Ohio State does not produce enough good quarterbacks, and I don't trust Matt Nagy, if he's going to go back to his stubborn play calling that got him into this mess last season when you had to go with Bill Lazor offensive quarter that made that run to even keep him alive and make the playoffs down the stretch last year. I just do not trust Nagy with that system. That's why I think well, let me let me stop you right there, Charles. One thing you, you you're right about Nagy potentially, but um, this whole thing about Ohio State quarterbacks, I I think I understand why people say it, but Everyone's different. You know, if you have the talent to play at that level in that Big Ten, you know, when you're in a Power Five, I'm not going to just cast them all with the same net and say, well, none of them are going to be successful. Justin Fields may be the guy to turn it around. For all I know, Dwayne Haskins can do it here. That, to me, is in Pittsburgh one of the biggest things I'm going to be watching, especially in this preseason, because you know that Roethlisberger will not play. We'll see a lot of Rudolph. We'll see a lot of Haskins. I'm anxious to watch what he can do here. Yeah, but I, I got to tell you right now, um, I'm definitely on point with you as far as like a B uh, gray right now, uh, as far as the strap. I'll probably go more like a B minus. I mean, they had they had uh, Travis ETM right there at their hands, and they – chose to pass and him go with Harris, who I feel like Harris was destiny with the Steelers, to be honest with you, ever since college football playoffs. I love the tight end and Pat Fire move. That's been a long time coming to really legitimately succeed. He's Miller. Only time will tell right there. I mean, six foot five. I'm not so sure about the baby Gronk term just yet. But, like, the center type you're of Illinois. The only thing I will say about Najee Harris right now, I hope he didn't make a – write out a check too early that he ain't going to be able to cash in just yet, saying that he could do similar stuff what Le'Veon Bell did, but even better. Now's his time to back that up right now. But uh, other than that, that's real good. And one last uh, shot real quick before I let you go. I got to say, with the Penguins, it's pick your poison. It's either you want to start off playing the Bruins in the first round or a rematch with the Islanders from two years ago. And lastly, this Westing. I got to say, I loved uh, you, uh, Ron Cook, and Joe Starkey's uh, rendition of New York prior to the Super Bowl. 
Can I do one request if you guys could do one for Pittsburgh? You guys are hilarious together. I love listening to you guys on Monday. I just got to say that. I said this to Ron Cook on a separate occasions before, and uh, just love you guys. I wish you'd do an album. Yeah, I like that New York song. That's all I have to say. You have a great weekend. Doing right, the job, well, Bob. we got to figure out what key to hit because octave-wise we're a little off. But thanks for the call, uh, as always, Charles. Appreciate that. Uh, a lot to get into there, and we will in the next hour. Call us at 412-928-9370. That is the number to call. Uh, I'm, I'm bullish on what the Steelers have done in terms of their run game. I think that's the one area of need for them, and I, I believe I'd, I'd say they've taken a step forward there, and hopefully it will result in more time of possession, less time on the field for the defense, because I do think they still need help on defense, and um, we'll find out what happens on day number two. That's all coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.